Hello and welcome to the HRD Live podcast. This week I'm joined by David Shearman, wellbeing consultant at LifeWorks, the first unified total wellbeing solution. David and I discuss changing attitudes towards mental health, how leaders and employees alike can transform mental health in the workplace and more. Enjoy. David, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. So first of all, David, how do you find that employees are changing the way they support their employees' mental health? I think there's been a, a real shift, especially over the last five years, um, from employers looking at mental health as a, a real issue in the workplace. Um, mental health costs businesses around £40 billion a year uh, in terms of you know the kind of loss of productivity uh, in, within the workplace, as well as the time that people take, whether that's short-term or long-term absence from the workplace, um, to look after their mental health if they have an issue such as things like stress, anxiety, depression, personal relationship problems, traumatic experiences, for example. And I think that businesses are realising that it's having a, a real impact on the bottom line of their organisation mm. um, in terms of how profitable they are and then the impact on things like share prices, for example. So I think well-being in general has boomed, but I think mental health is still the number one issue that impacts employers in, in the UK currently. Um, and I think that's what they're trying to address. So it's been a real great journey over the last five years that I've seen with the organisations that uh, we work with in terms of the ways that they're now starting to come around to looking at different types of support services they can put in place for their employees to make talking about things like mental health and whatever issues it is that's impacting them normal to talk about and feel supported in the workplace and not feel that they're going to lose their job if they need to take some time off to recover from, you know, whether it's stress or uh, an anxiety issue that they may be dealing with as well. So that kind of normalising it, putting the support services in place for the employees and making them feel that there is an open culture um, around mental well-being just like there is around physical well-being you know mm. we see if an employee comes into the workplace and they have their leg in plaster they've obviously <laughs> broken their leg and um, you can pretty much tell straight away what's wrong with them unfortunately with mental health when employees walk in you know in the morning um, and arrive at their desk you know we can't see what's hiding kind of behind the eyes if that makes sense in terms of you know how are they being impacted um so you have, we have to be more mindful about mental health issues and, and that, you know, it affects everyone in the UK, for example. Um, one in four people suffer from a mental health condition. We talk to um, charities like Mind, for example. They talk about one in six people in the workplace suffering from a, a stress condition on a daily basis, which impacts their work, their output, their productivity and can lead to short term and, and long term absences from the workplace. You know, on average, um, a kind of milder mental health issue can have someone out of the workplace for kind of up to three months, whereas long term mental health issues can have someone out of work for years. Mm. Um, and the likelihood of getting someone back into the workforce if they're not supported in the right way um, over a shorter period of time, you know, diminishes the longer that they're off and without having that support in place. Current waiting times in the UK for counselling services through GPs, the NHS, charitable organisations can be anything from three to six months to actually get people the support they need. Right. So, you know, it all has a knock-on effect. And I think that the more services that as the public services are kind of falling down somewhat, I think the more services that organisations can put in place 
as a kind of backstop um, to public services to support their employees, you know, is appreciated um, by their employees. And, you know, I've heard stories now that more and more GPs are talking to employees about what support services does your organisation offer because they know they'll get it quicker and right. faster and actually get the support that they actually need. So I think it's kind of a organisations are realising the impact of mental health and, and, and kind of the impact it has on the business, but also they are stepping up and, and providing services for their employees as well. It's fascinating. I hadn't actually thought about it that way. The fact that, as you say, there are these huge waiting times to try and get that kind of help that businesses can kind of step in in that way to help out. But aside from that, you mentioned that fact that you can't see when somebody might be suffering with a kind of mental health problem at work. And it's it's because it's invisible, I suppose, to some degree, it's harder to, to treat. But also, I think there are probably other factors affecting it in the workplace. Do you still feel that there's a stigma for employees to, to speak up in the workplace about their mental health? I think there is. In, in some industries will be slightly different from others. Um, again, some of the organisations we speak to You'll see kind of more blue collar type um, organizations, manufacturing, for example. Um, you have a certain demographic in the workforce, mainly male dominated of a certain age where talking about mental health is still not seen as the done thing. Um, again, looking at how can we break down those barriers to remove that stigma and give them the support services that they actually need and that they'll actually engage with and we're chipping away it's not something that we're going to achieve overnight but you know if we can help support people in different ways and give them different tools where maybe they don't want to speak up and talk they don't want to actually maybe contact someone and speak about their issues but maybe if you can give them access to a library or a suite of information that they can call on as and when they need to and what steps to go through then then that can be a positive impact so I think definitely with you know, your millennials, your, your younger generation of workforce, Generation Z now in the workplace. I think the stigma has pretty much been completely removed. I think they're more than happy to talk about things like mental health as they would talk about their physical health. And they want benefits from their employer in the workplace that address both, um, that centre around that total well-being, the mental, physical, the financial um, and that kind of social well-being aspect as well. Right. Um, so I think I think that the stigma is starting to to erode. It's never going to go away completely. Unfortunately, in in Britain, we've had the stiff upper lip type of approach and the get on with exactly, things. And yeah. we we don't talk about mental health. Um, we don't talk about things like that. You're supposed to get on with your day to day things and not worry other people with your own issues. You know, but I think that is starting to to remove somewhat more and more people are reaching out. Typically, we tend to see through our own life work service that supports people with mental health issues. We see about a 60%, 40% split in terms of female uses versus male. That's starting to catch up now. It's moving nearer to 50-50. I remember when I started working for LifeWorks 12 years ago, we were near a 70% usage was from females, 30% male. So it is starting to close that gap. But there's always going to be some sort of stigma around any type of illness, whether it's mental or physical, and how much people want to actually talk about it. And some people just don't want to talk about it generally. You can't force everyone mm. to be open about it. But I think more and more employers and people in the workplace are are open and, and free thinking about things like mental health now in the workplace. 
Yeah, and I I think that as you say, there is definitely a change in attitudes taking place. But and you are right as well that there are some groups that it's going to be so hard to encourage to do that. It's a generational thing as well, as you say, and a cultural thing. But I think you do see now in the media, there's a, a great deal more talk about mental health, um, generally speaking. Do you think this is indicative of a, a general change in attitudes? Is it a positive thing that we're seeing it so much in the media now? Yeah, I think I think things like the Time to Change initiative from, from the government um, has been actually really impactful. Um, Organisations are signing the government pledge around mental health support and mental health in the workplace. Things like mental health first aid now um, in the workplace has become huge. Um, so, you know, every organisation has to have a physical first aider. Why shouldn't they have mental health first aiders right. as well? I mean, obviously, it's not mandatory at the minute, but more and more organisations are going down the route of mental health first aid, which is brilliant. Um, I've done it myself, the kind of the two day uh, mini course. And I've worked in this industry for, for sort of over 10 years and. I know a bit more about mental health in general, but, you know, actually the two-day course was enlightening for me as well. So I think for I would recommend that highly to organisations and to people who are interested in it as well. But I think um, the media and you see things like celebrities talking about mental health much more, people like David Beckham and Ruby Wax and Stephen Fry mm-hmm. talking about their mental health much more openly and you know, it's okay to not be okay is probably a slogan you've heard um, people talking about. And, you know, we're seeing great initiatives from um, kind of football teams and sport in general as well around mental health. And we see Prince William talking about mental health and and backing the initiative as well. So it is getting a lot more legs and, you know, people are starting to pay more attention to it and, you know, closing that gap with the physical um, well-being as well. So, so that's really helpful. I mean, I saw today in the, in the kind of the, in the, in the news today that the CEO of Lloyd's Bank has come out and talked about his own mental health, talking right. about the impact that um, you know the poor financial um, health of Lloyd's Bank had had impacted him to a certain point that he spoke to the rest of his board and he actually took eight weeks off work himself to refocus. Um, his own mental health as well. So, you know, if a CEO of a company like Lloyds Bank um, can actually step back and say, I need to start looking after my mental health, then I think all employees can pretty much do that as well and be open about it. So, yeah, it, it is great to see that mental, it has come a very, very long way, um, mental health from when I first started working in it and, and the awareness of it to where it is today. And the last two to three years has just been a real boom for us. And, and you know, long may it continue. I think also as well, it's, you mentioned Lloyds Bank there. I think there's an important thing around, as a side note, there's an important thing around leadership, I think, here as well. And leaders in businesses being able to say that sort of thing. Do you think there are a lot of barriers still or maybe stigmas towards leaders in business being able to speak about mental health? Maybe it's the way that business operates. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think... With our own service, with with our LifeWorks service, whenever we go into organisations, we always target the senior leaders and the management groups in terms of the type wellness in general, but you know, a big focus on mental health because we do feel that it filters down from top to bottom, and I think. Um, if or if employees see that their leaders are openly discussing topics like mental health and supporting supporting those initiatives in the workplace and putting better support in there for their employees as well, um, then I think it will have a, a huge impact um, within the organisation. So they are 
two key demographics for me, that kind of very senior and then the kind of the middle management areas as well to focus on right. within any organisation around mental health and making it work. And, you know, it has to be an open society in the workplace that if an employee has an issue they want to discuss, that actually going to management and saying, I need help, you know, isn't going to have a black mark put against right. them. You know, it can't just be HR as the point of contact for support. It, it, you know, they need, employees need to feel open to speak to colleagues, managers, any, anyone basically, if they feel like they need more support. So that's, that's a lot there about um, the present state of mental health and around how attitudes are changing. What about the future then of mental health in the workplace? How do you see things changing in the near future? I mean, is it, I, it almost seems like it's this kind of telescoping change now. It's going to get faster and faster. But, but what do you think? Yeah, I think we know generally, just generally wellness as a topic and people's well-being is just a huge area of growth. It's a multi, multi-billion pound industry, the mm -hmm. well-being industry. Um, when you look at, you know, some of the kind of well-established organisations like Nike and Adidas, for example, when you see some of the new, the new to market kind of contenders, um, some of the newer ones like Fitbit, for example, um, but then the the really new the new organisations like Peloton, who are doing great stuff in terms of you know, right. yeah. <laughs> so so I think there's, there is a huge market for 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 well being um, going forward, and I think with with LifeWorks, our focus and and something I always talk about, especially around mental health, is I think the focus now should be around education, around being mindful. And, and mindfulness um, something I try and focus on myself a lot more is about being mindful in the moment the biggest um, kind of issues around mental health generally in the UK tend to stem from what's called mixed anxiety and depression and these are the types of things that people suffer with and you know will need to take time off work and will impact them inside of work and outside of work as well and puts a huge strain on the public resources and, and the GPs and charities, for example. And I think it's just that education piece for people around focusing on being mindful. You know, people get depressed about things that have happened to them in the past. They get anxious about things that are going to happen in the future, two mm -hmm. things that we can no longer control anymore. Things that have happened have happened and things that haven't happened, we have no control over. So right. um, being more mindful, teaching people to kind of live and operate in the present and focus on the present um, helps centre people. You've probably heard words of like being centred and, you know, being mindful about it. Um, but I think in terms of the future of well-being and the future of, of mental health and, and how that's going to change, I just think it's going to be a lot more personalised. There's been a bit right. of, a, of an approach. I think it's been a kind of organisations want to be seen to be doing the right thing and they've kind of maybe offered too much all at once and thrown enough mud against the wall to see what sticks, if uh -huh. that makes sense. Okay. Whereas actually taking an approach of let's understand our employees, our people a little bit more. Let's try and understand is it you know is, if it is mental well-being, what aspects of mental health is it is it that they that our employees want to focus on? Is it dealing with stress? Is it being more mindful? Is it financial well-being? Are they mm -hmm. struggling with making their money go far enough to, you know, live a comfortable life? Is it is it workplace culture and that type of well-being coming into work and feeling part of something, part of an organisation, not just a, a number in the cog? So I think, I think understanding people analytics is going to become a lot more prevalent to organizations and then really having more of a tailored approach to 
individuals in terms of what they want to do with their well-being, how they want to access it, when they want to access it. Um, and you've already heard some organisations are doing some forward-thinking stuff like, you know, having as many holidays as they want and having right, duvet yeah. days and all this type of stuff. If, 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 and I think that will start to become the norm that if, if people aren't, you know, if someone says that they're not feeling well enough to come into work today because they're depressed or they're very anxious, that there's not going to be that kind of... People don't have to ring up and lie and say they've had a dodgy curry the night before and they don't want to <laughs> they don't want to come into work today. They can be open and honest about it. And I think once we start to be more honest about it, we can then start to track that data in terms of, you know, why are most most of our employees off work? What are the mental health issues? Mm -hmm. How better do we support it as well? So there's gonna be many things of how how well being is going to change going forward, but I think it's gonna be mainly analytic driven and i think it's mainly going to become a lot more personalized than just as a group we're going to do this whether that's what interests you or not <laughs> right 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 you mentioned a few different kinds of um well-being issues that can that can exist in the workplace and you mentioned there are a few that are probably more specific to the uk ones we encounter here if um an hr person or any business leader is trying to figure out what's affecting their employees, what the issues are they're facing. Do you have any tips for how they might be able to identify what those are, what the issues might be in their organisation? Because maybe it's a cultural issue or something, you know? Yeah, uh, and, and you're right. And I think a lot of organisations will do things like pulse surveys of, of their employees to see, you know, how they're feeling, what's impacting them. Are you getting enough of a response rate is one, obviously. And, yeah. and obviously, are your employees answering them and telling you, you know, the information that you want to get. I think a lot of organisations nowadays offer enough well-being services in the workplace that they need to start pulling that data together to see, you know, what is impacting our employees? What are they using the most? Where do we need to pull our efforts in terms of providing more support in a certain section? If 30% of all of our annual illness is caused from mental health issues around a particular topic, what can we do in the workplace to actually support the employees more? Could we even do things, some of our clients do things like put counsellors on site one day a week mm. so that they can do, you know, it's just an open session for an employee to go in if they want to just go and speak to a counsellor about something that's impacting them. Um, so there's always ways that employers can do more. Should they do more? That's a completely different argument. But I think most employees are now starting to realise that if we look after our employees, it's going to come back to us tenfold in terms of increasing things like, you know, productivity and engagement in the workplace and reducing things like, you know, employee engagement and, um, you know, potentially leaving the organisation to move somewhere else or, you know, taking more time off work as well. So it really is that kind of the more we invest around our employees and their well-being, the more we're going to get back. Absolutely. Finally, I suppose, to strip it back just a little bit, what do you think is maybe the, the, the best well-being tip you've picked or the best tip you've picked up along the way for making sure that you have good mental health or that employees have good mental health? What would be that kind of number one mental health tip that you've found? I mean, I understand that's a really <laughs> difficult question, but if you could think of one, maybe. One good mental health uh, <laughs> well-being tip. No, I think I think for for most of the organisations that I work with, it's 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 education and awareness. The more people know about it, the more you promote it, the more you talk about it, the more people will use and get the services that they need. Gone are the days of sticking posters on the back of a toilet door if someone's you know feeling like they're you know 
if they can't cope and they're going to right. cry, they go and sit in the toilet at work and, you know, having mm -hmm. a poster on the back of the door. Now being open about support and services and asking employees how they are and, and raising the awareness around what you can do in terms of looking after them, you know, it, it's just huge. It can have a huge impact in terms of driving more people to get the help and support that they need. So, so one thing I always say is there's no trick to getting people the right support that they need. You just need to talk about it and you need to keep promoting it and, and, you know, more people will go and actually use it as well. So, so, so that'd be my kind of my tip really is, you know, the more you raise awareness, the more you promote something, the more you invest in it, you know, the more you will actually get out of the actual support services as well. Um, you know, we've had, uh, we, we provide, uh, the LifeWorks service provides an app as part of our service. And, and just out of sheer just awareness uh, from one of our clients, you know, we managed to reach an employee who would never have used our service before. Um, and he reached out through the app after a promotion that the company had done. Um, he reached out to us, initially contacted us through the app. We then, you know, provided him with initial support, then reached out to him. And that employee came back and actually wrote a review, which is on the app store, um, actually saying if he hadn't reached out to us, he probably wouldn't be here today. And that's wow. how impactful, actually, you can change people's lives. You can save lives by giving them giving them the support they need. But they need to know it's there. Absolutely. It's no good saying we've got all these wonderful services and initiatives if the employees don't know how to access them and what it gives them. So education, awareness can help not just make people better, but save lives at the end of the day as well. An inspiring note to end on there. David, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us on you. the podcast and I hope you can come back soon. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HRD Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe at hrdconnect.com or via iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts for a brand new episode every week. See you next time.